Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Labick and I'm your host here on Flip the Script, a podcast where we discuss all the stories that became a film, but started as something a little different. Today I'm joined once again by my good friend and now roommate, Joey Bappert. Hello, I bet you regret it now. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Aladdin, the 2019 live-action Disney movie, and also the 1992 animated Disney movie. But before we jump into it, uh, let's get to our favorite quote or moment. For me, or do you want to start off? Uh, I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours, because I I forgot from last time that this was a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to to mention it, um, because you and I literally just watched this movie right before we're starting to record. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't, so now you're screwed. Uh, So I'll start with mine. Uh, My favorite quote from the 1992 is when Jafar gets like all powerful and he's messing things up and, you know, being the big baddie and Genie is like rooting against him and Jafar is like, hey, bro, you're you're on my team now. Uh, And Genie says, Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. If he can't do it, great. So passive aggressive. (laughs) Big fan. But what about you? Do you have a favorite um, anything? My favorite moment would have to be in the beginning when the people are mentioning Aladdin's name in that song because I love it when a movie says its title. Excellent. And I mean, Disney happens to do that a lot. I think mostly because a lot of their like big, notable children's films are like the name of the character is the title, like Cinderella. So obviously they're going to say Cinderella, you know. Clearly in Beauty and the Beast, they go, you know, there's that one scene where they're like, oh, look at this Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) We all remember that, right? Look at Bambi. (laughs) Bambi. Bambi's mother. Too soon. Cars (laughs) 2. No, I don't. That doesn't even count. That's Pixar. (laughs) The Lion King and a half. (laughs) And The Lion King. Oh, such a good movie. Can't wait until uh, we get to discuss The Lion King on this podcast. We'll get into all those little side stories. And speaking of side stories, other adaptations, I was looking up all of the different, you know, iterations of Aladdin in my research. And of course, I knew it was the Disney movies. And then I knew that they were based off of original stories, like way, way back, original Middle Eastern folktales. Yeah. But... Come to find out, there is significantly more than I ever thought possible. Um, oh, really? Which definitely means we're only really going to talk about the Disney movies today. Because originally I was like, oh, let's talk about some of the folktales. But there's way too many. Because before the Disney classic, there was a British Aladdin musical comedy in 1906. Ooh. A dramatic play in 1805 um, that later they added music to that. And there was a musical comedy in 1958. And then there's at least 54 other media adaptations of Aladdin, including like video games, you know, animated movies, live action movies, musicals, that kind of stuff. He's a popular guy. Yeah, he's pretty big. Bigger than Red Riding Hood. um, Because when Liv and I talked, one of the previous episodes we did, Into the Woods, we talked about how many adaptations there were of, like, those fantasy characters. Mm. And I think Little Red only had, like, 30-something. Only. Not as popular as Aladdin. Anyways, so uh, as far as the folktales are concerned, 
the, it's a collection of Middle Eastern folktales, and they're gathered together in this one collection called 1001 Nights, which are commonly called Arabian Nights, which of mm. course is like the inspiration for, you know, the opening number. Yeah. One of the best songs in the film. I would agree. There's there's like a lot as far as Aladdin goes. But anyways, just to just to reiterate, today we're really talking about the 2019 live action remake and the 1992 Everyone knows it, your classic Disney Aladdin. Your classic whitewashed Disney Aladdin. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that the new one also isn't. I guess it's more of like the older Disney cartoons, they were they wouldn't really hide their whiteness versus the new ones. It's like, yes, we have like um like majority cast who like matches like where this should actually like they look like people who would actually like be from this area but then you look at behind the scenes and it's like the writers and the directors and the producers are all white so it's it's right. mm. lightly i don't know it's it's very still white <laughs> yeah while they did better about having a more correctly diversified casting yeah yeah, you're right that the like all of the background people being white is still kind of like, all right, well, you know, we they took a step in the right direction. So I think props for that, for like at least, you know, getting there. But there's definitely more we can do as far as like correctly telling a story from the right points of view. And like, interestingly enough, so usually I try and talk about this a little bit later as far as like what future adaptations we might be looking forward to. As you may have predicted, Disney is planning on doing a live-action sequel. It was announced February of this year, 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, and supposedly, because, like, there are um, sequels to the animated film, Mm -hmm. but supposedly Disney, they don't want it to be a direct remake of those. They want it to be, like, new original stories. I remember, like, a while back, they mentioned, I don't know if it was, like, confirmed or they were just talking about it, but, like, the original, like, spinoff was supposed to be about the, like, only white character in the movie, the prince, and be like, where did he come from? Oh, yeah. And then outrage online of being, like, out of any character, you pick the (laughs) one that was in it for, like, ten minutes... And it's just flamboyantly European. And that's it. Like, we know where he came from. Yeah. And in, so in the live action film, that character is Prince Anders, I think is his name. Prince Anders. Um, whereas in the cartoon, or I'm sorry, I'm going to keep referring to it as cartoon, but it's an animated film. The cartoon has Prince Ahmed. Mm. So it's like a difference in the name um, and their their involvement in the film is a little bit different. I think Prince Anders in the live action, he has kind of more of a role, right? I, Where Like he comes back or something? I think, actually, I don't, maybe he does. <laughs> it's been a minute. All I know is that Disney has a quota where there must be at least one white person on screen at all times. In the corner, creeping around. <laughs> and also, last thing I want to say about white people as a white person, but Prince Anders <laughs> is like the whitest name possible. <laughs> they basically just called him Prince Andrew. <laughs> Prince Andrew. If anything. And you know what? I, I want to side note for a second. So there's, as far as like talking about all the different adaptations of Aladdin, there's a musical that came out, I want to say like five years ago, five or six years ago, called Twisted. And it was by this theater company called Starkit, who they originated at University of Michigan, 
Uh, and one of their like claim to fame at the time when they were still in school, they did these Harry Potter parody musicals that became huge. And that kind of spawned like their whole career of doing like parody musicals. And they're really good. So I would definitely recommend anybody listening, if you've never heard of them, go on YouTube, man. Mm-hmm. Check them out. They're really funny. Uh, so anyways, they have this Aladdin one that's called Twisted. And the whole concept is they're talking about, it's kind of like Jafar's point of view. So they flip the story. It's like Jafar is like the protagonist. And basically they're saying like Jafar has all of this political knowledge and he's really trying to help and he's really trying to do good. But the Sultan is just like, the the Sultan is not recognizing all of these socioeconomic inequalities. And they say this a lot. They're like, you just don't care about the socioeconomic inequalities of the kingdom. <laughs> And going back again, so Prince Ahmed has like a bigger role in the musical that they do. He has this whole number and like all these jokes about him. It's really funny. I remember fun fact for those listening is that Kim and I watched this on Thanksgiving 2019. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, all I remember about it is that it was like wicked, except instead of a witch, it's a sorcerer. And instead of Oz, it's the Middle East yes i joey knows this i have this really bad habit of forgetting what him and i have watched together (laughs) i'll be like joey have you seen the new star wars and he's like we saw it in theaters together (laughs) sitting right next to each other (laughs) joey we should go see the invisible man i i did with you (laughs) right before lockdown happened yeah one of the last films i saw in theaters was the invisible man we should talk about that eventually (laughs) anyways getting back to aladdin So in the cartoon, in the animated film, it's Iago's idea to get Jasmine to marry Jafar and take over the throne. Not Jasmine take over the throne, obviously Jafar, but Mm -hmm. my sentence structure might be strange, but you get what I mean. So it's Iago's idea initially for all of this to happen. I don't think it was like that in the live action. I know it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I think it was just Jafar's idea. He was like, you know what I can do? I can marry the princess. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, just kind of like in a larger sense, the character of Iago and Abu and of Magic Carpet, they all have a lot more character in the animated film, whereas they kind of like pushed to the side a little bit in the live action. They were still good and they still had like fun moments and humor to them, but significantly less so than the original. I mean, I still like thought... uh... Like, I liked the new Jafar. Like, I thought um, the actor did, like, the best he could. I honestly, like, I think his performance was good. It was just, like, I don't know, like, the cartoon version of Jafar. Like, even though I hadn't seen Aladdin, the cartoon, until 20 minutes ago, uh, (laughs) I knew from, like, other Disney stuff, like, Disney's House of Villains, like, just who Jafar was and, like, the character design and everything was just like so iconic and i feel like they kind of dropped the ball a little bit was just even like designing like that character for the movie wait you mean they dropped the ball in the um animated film no they dropped the ball in the live action like in the animated film like mm-hmm. he's like a very okay. like iconic villain he looked although it is fu- i i will say like in the cartoon it was like he looks overtly evil like it's hard for me to believe that uh that um the sultan 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 (laughs) didn't realize that uh this guy is probably up to no good versus in the uh 
live action, yeah, he doesn't maybe necessarily look as menacing right off the bat, but at least I can now, I don't believe that the Sultan is like so dumb for not realizing that is clearly the bad guy. Right. We have a rat in our midst. Who could it possibly be? I don't know. Maybe the guy who just looks like bad news. (laughs) Dressed all in red, (laughs) constantly wearing a terrible scowl on his face and an evil twirling mustache (laughs) yeah so what did you think about will smith genie versus robin williams genie and i asked this because again so joey just saw the animated film with me like whatever 20 30 minutes ago for the first time because you started off watching the live action yes like that was your first um that was your first Aladdin movie. Yes, my parents did not have the VHS of Aladdin growing up, so I never saw it. <laughs> there was no Disney Plus back in those days. Also, for the kids, a VHS was back in the day. Instead of DVDs <laughs> or streaming, you got these bulky little squares that you would have to shove into a cassette tape or something. Okay, <laughs> but in all honesty, how much do you remember VHS? Because I remember as a kid... You know, DVDs got introduced pretty early on in my life. I mm-hmm. think I very vaguely remember VHS existing. I remember and then the I remember transition. This big transition into, yeah, big transition like, into like DVDs and Blu-ray. I was very much on team VHS. I, as a kid, I did not like change. So like when they started like introducing DVDs, I was like, no, 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 VHS. But in hindsight, DVDs are much better because especially in terms of like, blockbuster which i know a lot of people might not know what a blockbuster is but back in the day when you would rent movies um if you got a vhs tape you had to rely on whoever rented it before you to have gone back and rewind to the very beginning and i can't tell you how many times our family rented a vhs tape from blockbuster and stumbled into the middle of an important scene. Yeah, that's how the ending of Titanic gets ruined, you guys. <laughs> I didn't know that the ship sank until a non-rewound VHS, and then, spoiler alert. Dang, that's the worst way to find out. R.I.P. Oh man, speaking of R.I.P., live-action genie is ripped. Get it? <laughs> R.I.P., because that was a good that's one. a segue. There we go. Yeah, so live-action genie in Aladdin is super swole which when i was reading up on it it was a decision made with will smith and guy ritchie the director so they kind of like powwowed and they were like you know what would be cool a fucking jacked up genie which i think was a cool a cool decision uh yeah i mean i you asked me like right before like i went on that vhs tangent but like i i actually really liked will smith as the genie i thought like i See where like some inspiration was drawn from Robin Williams, but I feel like he he and like the writing and producing team like did a good job of making this genie like its own variation and not like an imitation of what Robin Williams did. Yeah, honestly, I completely agree. I think Will Smith had a great balance of exactly what you're saying, like keeping the inspiration but making it his own. And honestly, I think. In my opinion, just the best part about the new Aladdin live action was Will Smith. And he seemed to have so much fun with it. And I remember I remember when some of the first like posters and images came out, he was like, guys, look, I'm blue. I'm genie. He was like so pumped. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I loved everyone like in the new one, in the new Aladdin. I thought 
like everyone had their moment to shine. Now having seen the 92 Aladdin, like the only two characters that and performances that really stick out to me are Robin Williams and Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those are the only two where I'm like, oh, like, I mean, like the singers do great and like everyone, you know, reads their lines. Like it's cool. But like, I, I don't know, like I feel like the cast had like a lot of fun, like making the new Aladdin. And it, like, transcended into the audience, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, even though I just said a very different opinion, I'm like, Will Smith is my favorite. <laughs> but I will agree that everyone overall did a great job in this film. Uh, I think most of, like, the the critiques that people have about it are just because they're comparing it so, so heavily to the previous Disney movie. Which you you kind of have to, but then you kind of also have to realize, like, they're going to remake it. It should be a little bit different. Can you educate me though is the old aladdin is it considered like one of the best disney movies like i'm very after seeing it i'm kind of confused why there was so much flack against the new one because i was expecting like to be just like blown away (laughs) and i thought it was okay as far as aladdin being like one of the top old disney films you know i wouldn't say it's like in everybody's top 10 i feel like if someone was like choose your top 10 classic disney Mm -hmm. Um, It would mostly be like all the Renaissance films, but I would say it's probably in like top 20, top 30 for sure. It's definitely high up enough that they have a heavy presence in like Disneyland, Disney World. You know, you can walk around, you can find Aladdin, you can find all these characters, Yeah, which I think is kind of the telltale sign of a successful Disney film is if you walk around and you see the characters. I guess that's not saying too much because you can see most of the characters in a Disney park. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I miss Disney parks, man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Six being closer than six feet and large <laughs> yeah. groups. But I... We'll get there. <laughs> I really, though, thought... I feel like the new Aladdin is one of, like, two live-action Disney films that I think deserve to exist. Like, it's only Aladdin and Cinderella. Like, the new Cinderella. I I thought it was a cool, like... I liked it. I liked the changes that they made. Beauty and the Beast, like, I didn't even finish it. Like, I, it was so long. It was just, it was, it was really pretty. Like, all the Disney, new Disney movies, the live actions, they're very pretty. But it was just a carbon copy. Except, I don't even know the character's name, but Josh Gad's, like, character. Like, they made him, like, subtly gay, I guess. And that was the big revolution. Mm, yeah. And then the new Lion King the cast was great. Like the music was amazing and the effects were awesome, but like, it was just a soulless carbon copy. (laughs) I have a very strongly different opinion about the Lion King. I personally loved it. I saw it three times in theaters, but I mean, you're right. It definitely was very, very similar to the original and we'll get, you know, I'll get on that more sometime in the future. There is a Lion (laughs) King episode in the works. It will happen, guys. They did. Can you feel the love tonight in broad daylight? I just can't. You can't do that. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, Joey. It's okay. <laughs> okay. While we're talking about some of the other live actions, though, I do want to get back to Beauty and the Beast. In the So the live action, Emma Watson, Beauty and the Beast that came out. I think it's 2015. 2015, 2016. Thank you. So, so in the 2015, 2016 live action, Beauty and the Beast... Uh, there's this one moment where they're like, you know, becoming good friends, hanging out. It's like a cute little montage. And they have like a snowball fight for a second in the winter. So they're outside in the courtyard mm-hmm. and Belle throws a snowball at Beast. And she's like, ha ha, I threw a snowball at you. What are you going to do about it? And then 
beast, he he makes his snowball the size of like a minivan and <laughs> chucks it straight at her face. She falls down and then they just cut and move on to the next scene. And I'm like, the rest of the film, I can only focus on the fact that Belle should be dead. Like <laughs> he didn't he didn't compact the snow. It's fine. Okay, so it just poofed. There was no ice. It's fine. Good. We we hate ice strongly. That's why we moved to California. <laughs> Land of the heat wave. Mm-hmm. The fires. So another thing about live action genie, going back to Will Smith and all of his gloriousness. Mm-hmm. I guess this is more about Aladdin, but in the live action, doesn't Aladdin at the end of it he's like he totally forgets about granting genie his freedom until it's like mentioned. He's kind of like doing his thing. He like makes his other wish, whatever. And then later on, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, no. So I think the the reasonings might have been a little bit different. But like the genie does bring up to Aladdin like, hey, like you got the girls and I saved your life. Uh, your last wish. Remember, it's to free me. And then uh, he said, basically, like, yeah, I'm I have to keep up this act like he got gets although I feel like in the live action it's more of like Aladdin gets carried away with himself and is like oh no like I'm having fun like I need you versus in the cartoon it's more of like a melancholy like well everyone's gonna know I'm a liar I can't I'm so sorry like he seems a little (laughs) he seemed in the cartoon to be a little bit more like hesitant about and guilty about having to keep the genie versus in live action he seemed more of like oh no sorry bud. But yeah, they do bring it up. Freedom? Who is she? We don't know her. But yeah, they do They do bring it up, though. Okay, okay. Yeah, again, it's been a minute since I've seen that, so I'm kind of referring to you as our resident <laughs> live-action Aladdin expert. But I will say, I think a difference, though, um, is that in the cartoon, it looks like he stated, even though he's no longer like a captured genie, he seemed to like retain his like magical genie-ness. Versus it seemed like in the live action movie, uh, when he was freed, you kind of like lose your powers. Like he just seemed to become a normal human and went to go live with uh, Dahlia and have children and sail the seven seas. Yeah, which was another like difference between the two films. Um, In the live action, obviously, Genie, well, Genie like starts off the film. Our introduction to the whole thing is like we're hanging out with a, a free Genie, like living his life. He's on a boat he's hanging with like his kids and his his lady i don't know if they're married or not you know i'm not gonna assume um (laughs) but they're all like hanging out doing their thing and he's like hey let me tell you this really cool story and then he goes into it whereas you know the classic like the 1992 we have this like marketplace vendor and he's like trying to sell us some stuff some combination hookah coffee maker and then he's he like you know, he shows the lamp and he's like, ah, this, you want to know about this? Here's the story. Which mm-hmm. I guess technically, like, the voice is also the genie voice, Robin Williams, but it's not the same character. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was, in my opinion, I feel like that was a really cool change that they did for the live action to have him, like, introduce it. And then we kind of wrap it up at the end with genie. Yeah. And even just him having, like, his own happy ending. You know, like, he gets the girl. He gets, yeah. like, his happily ever after. I remember there was, like, some complaints by people that, like, like the advertisements, like, spoiled or whatever, that it was ruined or, like, there was no point to having it since we all knew that Will Smith was the genie. 
And I think some people just want to watch the world burn. Like, if you were going to have a big <laughs> name celebrity that was going to take over the, the genie, there's no hiding the fact that it's going to be the genie opening up the movie. So just yeah. let it go. And I think it kind of makes sense for us to know that it's genie. Because, mm-hmm. like, everybody knows the story well enough by now that, like, we, you know, we know how everything goes. I yeah. think it's nice that we started off with everyone's genie because we're so familiar and we're like, oh, yeah, Aladdin. 2019 (laughs) i roll credits also speaking of one of the biggest scene stealers from the 2019 i want to talk about the other big scene stealer which was jasmine played by naomi scott i thought she absolutely killed it in the movie no yeah i'm just like i love what they did with her i like that they made her like in the original cartoon, like she wasn't really much of a character. She just kind of kept complaining about having to marry a prince and then kept trying to run away. And that was it versus in the live action. They're like, oh, no, she's really intelligent. She's very caring about the people that she's like supposed to be ruling over. And she's very like, I love that she and Aladdin meet because she's out on the streets trying to get to know and help her people versus in the cartoon, it's just like she's running away from home because she's being a bratty teenager. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely enhanced Jasmine's story in the live action, which is one of its, you know, another one of its strengths, I think. Yeah. Um, they even give her like a new song, you know, where she talks about, she's like, I'm not going to go speechless. She's like, I'm oh, going to yeah. uh, use my voice. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to kick butt. Uh, and actually, fun fact, while you mentioned Jasmine walking around the marketplace in the cartoon... There's at least two hidden Mickeys. One of them is hanging at a vendor booth when Jasmine is walking around the marketplace. And then another one, apparently in one frame, a single frame, Raja has like a Mickey-shaped face, (laughs) which is crazy. Like, I don't know how we're supposed to spot that, but I'm going to trust the internet on this one. The more you know, I guess. Mm -hmm. I have another fun fact while we're going at it. There's... If anybody here is familiar with the Wilhelm scream, which I hope you are, there's a Wilhelm scream heard when Genie dresses Aladdin in one of the rejected Prince Ali outfits. Oh, I in did the hear live that. Action. Oh, in the live action? Yeah. Oh, I heard it in the cartoon. Oof, maybe it's the cartoon. But yeah, there is a Wilhelm scream in one of them, at least. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I have an annual, what is it called? I have an annual tradition where the first film that I watch in every new year has to include a Wilhelm scream. I started this in 2015 because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Wilhelm scream. I feel like it's this really fun way for filmmakers to like kind of interact with each other by being like, (laughs) yo, I use the same scream. Oh my God, I use the same scream. Is there like a list that you refer to or... There is a list. There's an ongoing list online. Um, I'm not 100% trusting of it. I'm like 80 something percent so usually i try and like whichever movie i want to do if i know there is a wilhelm scream if i'm certain of it i'll go for it otherwise i'm just like mm, maybe i'll watch it before the new year and then if it does have the wilhelm scream i'll watch it again <laughs> nice what else do you know or do i know that we can talk about that's like a big difference between these two films because a lot of it i think overall a lot of it was the same Another big one is that Disney really wanted more female representation because in the 92 version of Aladdin, there was only one female character with like substantial dialogue and or purpose, and that was Jasmine. So in the 
newest Aladdin, the 2019, they bumped it up to a whopping two women with with lines as they added in um, Jasmine's handmaiden, uh, Dahlia, played by SNL's Nassim Pedrad. Oh, yes. And she's so good, too. Yep. I feel like a majority of the humor that you get in the live action comes from Will Smith. But it also comes from Nassim and, like, you know, her character interacting not only with Jasmine, but with Will Smith as Genie. Like, their whole, like, cute little back and forth is a good time. Mm. I also just want to give a shout out to Mina Massad, who played Aladdin in the 2019 version. I thought he also was great. I thought it was like what they call like a star making turn. Like I thought he killed it. I thought, and he provided a lot of the humor too. I think he, even though he's like a kind of like a newer face, I thought he acted off well against like Will Smith. And, um, and I think he held his own in like the humor department. Absolutely. I think he was a great Aladdin. And another little fun fact, more of a trivia. I got a trivia question for you, Joey. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right, so speaking of the role of Aladdin, which of the following actors were not considered for the role? A. Avan Jogia B. Rami Malek C. Dev Patel or D. Riz Ahmed I, oh, that's a good question. I, because two of them are like very close in age and then two of them are like decently older. I'm gonna go with uh, Rami. Final answer? Rami Malik. Yeah. You are correct! Yay! Nice! He was not considered for the role of Aladdin, but those three other actors were. I was like, I'm looking at Riz Ahmed, and I'm surprised he was, just because he seems a little old. Like, Rami and Riz, like, they're both, like, late 30s. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I think the Aladdin role, Aladdin and Jasmine are meant to be younger. What age? I mean, if I had to guess, I'd be like eighteen. Probably like Disney loves. Yeah, I was like Disney loves married teenagers, but society (laughs) ever since like the '60s said no more sixteen-year-olds, so they have bumped it up to eighteen. So we're gonna say we're going with eighteen. I'm gonna if I had to guess, I'd say yeah, eighteen, nineteen-ish. Maybe All right. 17 and it's their 18th birthday coming up. Right. Disney has a fetish. <laughs> um, but also the, but la- the last big change I saw is like still with like Jasmine's character, but like um, they made her the, uh, I forgot the word for it, but the, what is? The Sultan. The Sultan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made her the Sultan instead of in the uh, original. They're like, here, marry Jasmine and you will have the power of this kingdom that you kind of don't know much about. Mm-hmm. And I'm not familiar enough with um, the culture and the history to be like, one is factual, one is not. But I thought it was really cool that they had the inclusion of her like being the sultan in the new movie. I yeah. was like, yes, girl power times <laughs> a thousand. Princess Jasmine? Mm, sultan no. Jasmine. Sultan Jasmine. We'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I do want to talk about briefly before we like kind of start to wrap things up. So Aladdin is, like, mostly shirtless in the cartoon, which, like, isn't a big deal because, like, cartoons were like, yeah, whatever. But I was looking it up, and so the costume designer for the live action, his name is Michael Wilkinson. Mm. He talks about, he's like, yeah, the question on everyone's lips, 
we thought having so much skin showing on Aladdin for the whole film would be quite distracting on a human actor as opposed to a cartoon character. Um, whereas the producer, Dan Lin, he adds to that. He's like, yeah, he found a shirt. The animated movie was done in 1992. Some things are just inappropriate these days for families. Which, you know, I mean, that's a, on one hand, that's a very mature decision to make, I think, to be like, yeah, you know, we do want this aimed towards kids. Let's kind of like get rid of some of the heavier nudity. Um, nudity. Free the nipple, Kim. <laughs> free the nipple. <laughs> yeah, free all the nipples. Uh, but I do think, I think it's an interesting choice because mostly in at least our culture, like Western culture, we're totally used to seeing like shirtless men running around the streets all the time. Shirtless men 24-7. <laughs> Maybe not that drastic, but you know, it's like, it's common enough that we probably would not have thought twice about it in a live action Aladdin film. Yeah. Going back for a second though, all the costumes in that film, I think were so gorgeous. Yeah. No, like and the, it looks like they put a lot of thought into art department and costume them. design. Like they killed it, but also just about like, the skin thing. Like not just about the nipples, but it, like they also did alter Jasmine's costume quite a bit because like her like ca- cartoon is like yes. the iconic like belly exposed like blue little number, and then in this one like I don't like it is just like a full. I think she is just wearing like a full on like dress type. That's true, yeah. Which I think it's, like... And even with, like, them, like, giving Aladdin a shirt probably makes more sense. I mean, I am not an expert also on, like, the cultures that this film is based on, but just, like, looking at many people that live, like, in the Middle East or people that live in, like, desert-like areas, I don't think it's normal for them to really be walking around in everyday life with, like, most of their skin exposed because I feel like that would just be, like, bad for, like, the sun, like, I think they normally are covered up. But I do think, I don't like the idea of, like, oh, it's inappropriate for, like, I don't know, call me a hippie, but I think, like, it's it's just, it's skin. It's not inappropriate. It's just your body. Like, it's not like if they, they were like, we're going to go Winnie the Pooh style, no pants. Like, that's one thing, but. <laughs> Everybody in Aladdin 2 better be pantsless. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just not going to see it, guys. <laughs> Ooh, another quick thing. Uh, cartoon Jafar has like this really cool Yzma like laboratory for all of his sorcerer stuff Mm. and I don't think he had any space for that in the live action I don't think he did either like he never like went down into his deep dark dungeon with all these cool inventions like he did in the animated they got rid of his lair but they made him a daddy true daddy Jafar was trending online when this movie came out that sounds so so predictable. I love it. <laughs> Our generation really knows how to talk about people's looks. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else to add to the conversation? Anything that you want to talk about? We covered everything I have to say, I think. All right. Well, guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Joey, for being on another episode. Uh, we will see you in the future for more. Oh, Thank you for having me. Goodbye. See you in the living room. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for your time and your ears. And don't forget to tune into next week's episode of Flip the Script. Peace out.